0: Welcome to the Posture Strength and Mobility Podcast. I'm Isaac Osborne and I'm here to share with you tips, tricks, hacks, interesting musings, and much more in short, digestible episodes. To learn more about how you can improve your posture, strength, and mobility, check out the show notes for links. Onward with the show. Welcome to episode 15. In this episode, we're going to talk about neck breathing why it's bad for you, how to identify it, and a way out, a beginning of a way out at least for you. So before we start with the episode, here's a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Kajabi, the number one platform to grow your knowledge business. Kajabi makes it easy to turn the knowledge you already have into something you can sell. It's an all-in-one business platform with everything you need to create market and sell digital projects from one dashboard. With Kajabi, you can create online courses, membership sites, podcasts, in fact, this podcast is through Kajabi, coaching programs. You can send newsletters, mass emails or campaigns, build websites or specific landing pages and much more. They also have great analytics, mobile options for your content and video hosting. With 24/7 support, virtual meetups, trainings, and a help center, there's always support for you to grow. I've used WordPress and other website builders and I have yet to come across anything that is easier to run my business on than Kajabi. I've been using them for over a year now and I'm super stoked. Check the show notes for a link to Kajabi and sign up for their free 14 day trial. Our other sponsor today is ButcherBox. I have been eating mostly a paleo diet for the last 20 plus years. Quality meat can be hard to find, especially grass-fed, grass-finished beef. I get mine from ButcherBox. What is ButcherBox? They send you high-quality, humanely raised meat and wild seafood every month. They source their meat and seafood from partners with the highest standards for quality. You can choose from four curated boxes or create your own custom box and a delivery frequency that meets your needs. Your order ships for free, frozen for freshness and packed in an eco-friendly box. If you use the link in the show notes and sign up, you will get free bacon for life of your subscription and $30 off your first order. Check out the show notes for the link. Now onward to the show. Neck breathing. So what does it look like and why is it dangerous? First of all, I have a video playing here that I want to show you. And this is to illustrate what neck breathing looks like. And so you can potentially identify it in yourself. All right, so this woman here is, she's neck breathing. And she's, this video is looping. So each time it loops through, she's just taking one breath. Now for her, you can see that, let's pause this for just a second and what we can see is that her rib cage actually has shrunk down or compressed in the front. She has a forward head posture and she has what's called a dowager's hump on the back. It's it's basically where uh, the first ribs drop and the spine ends up uh, rounding more at the top of the spine at the thoracic spine right where it meets the neck and her upper back is rounded. Now, when she takes a breath, what I want you to pay attention to, and those for you listening, is what's happening is on the front of her neck, you can see the muscles contract. And they contract considerably, and she's taking a deep breath. So when she contracts deeply, those front muscles contract. These muscles are what's called the scalenes, and they're small muscles that attach from your neck to the first and second ribs. Now, why this is important is because these muscles are respiratory muscles. However, these respiratory muscles are secondary respiration, meaning that when you're breathing, your primary respiration comes from your respiratory diaphragm, which lies in, if you palpate your rib cage, you you move down to that area where the solar plexus are. That's where, and that's right above the navel, just below where the ribs stop. And that area is where the respiratory diaphragm lives and the respiratory diaphragm is a very large muscle and it's much more responsible for breathing because it's your primary respiration muscle it's your primary respiration muscle for many reasons one of the main reasons is that it fills more of the bottom of the lung. so for instance this in this case with this woman who is a neck breather she is only typically getting about one third of her lungs full so the it's and it's only the top third whereas the blood in the lungs because what happens is when you breathe you inhale oxygen comes into the lungs and then it transfers over from the lungs into the bloodstream so you want as much oxygen to transfer over in the bloodstream as you possibly can however the problem here is when you're a neck breather you only get that top third. And that top third has the least amount of blood flow in the lungs than anywhere else. The lower two thirds of the lungs has the most blood flow in it. So if you're only breathing with the neck or mostly with the neck, you're a very shallow breather. So that means you're not getting enough oxygen into your blood because you're a shallow breather. Whereas if you use the respiratory diaphragm, the respiratory diaphragm, when it contracts, you're filling the lower two thirds of the lungs where most of the blood pools. So that means you're getting more oxygen into your blood as you breathe with the respiratory diaphragm. So that's a physiological effect. a biomechanical effect of neck breathing the problem with neck breathing is that when you constantly contract those muscles, the scalings, and in this case, you can see it in the video. And for those of you listening, you're going to have to take my word for it, is her head is, is, is being pulled forward. Now, it's constantly being pulled forward because of these muscles are dragging that neck forward. Now, how do you change this? Because the question is like, well, if we look at the rest of her rib cage, her rib cage isn't really in the right position to be able to be breathing properly with the respiratory diaphragm. I'm saying this because when the rib cage collapses down or the rib cage compresses, you don't allow room for rib cage movement to properly happen. So, what ends up happening is you you breathe a lot less with the respiratory diaphragm. You're only getting really really tiny movements if at all. Then you're breathing with the scalings. It's bringing the head forward and compressing the neck. It's bringing the the neck into too far into extension. Now this can aggravate nerves because you have a lot of nerves that come out of your neck. You have blood flow that comes out of your your neck. You have arteries and and veins that come out of your neck and into the arms and then you know back. So you also have. Uh, nerves that come out of your neck underneath the clavicle down the arm so it can aggravate those because those nerves and arteries and veins innervate through the scaling muscles and so if the scaling muscles are constantly short and tight then you're potentially pinching on those uh, the arterial flow the venous return and the nerve conduction of those of those areas so that's that's a major issue those are the main issues that are gonna happen with neck breathing. So now this brings up the question, how do you identify if you're a neck breather? Number one, the base of the neck contraction with deep breath on either side. Okay, so this area this right right behind your your clavicle or your collarbone in your neck, this is where your scalenes live. So if you actually kind of cross your hands, I'm placing my right hand on the front, side of my neck on the left front side of my neck and then I'm placing my hand on the my left hand on the right side front of side front of the neck so it's more forward I'm not on my adam's apple I'm to the side of the neck now if you breathe and you feel these muscles if you take a deep breath and, and I'm gonna do it right here I'm gonna you can see these muscles pop out on me if you take a deep breath and you feel those muscles pop out the chances of you being a neck breather are pretty high. Now, the second area that we want to look at is, you might notice when you do that, is maybe one side actually contracts more than the other side. And this is very common. I'm trying to do it here. I'm kind of ready to relax one side. And I'm going to contract one side as I breathe. And, and on, in this case, and for those of you listening, that my left side of my neck, Contracted more than my right side of, the, uh, side of my neck. And this is really, really dangerous in a lot of ways because then it adds a torque and compression to the neck that's greater if both sides are doing it. You get that rotation in there, and then you're going to cause uh, more pinching on nerves, arteries, and veins. And you can even get more compression and twist into the vertebra themselves, the discs of the vertebra, and the ligamentation of the vertebra. Now, the other thing that you might wanna notice, see when you go ahead and stand in uh, sideways or 45 d- degrees from a mirror. And then as you inhale, do you notice is if your rib cage pushes forward. So you might be pushing your rib cage forward as you take a deep inhale. So I'm gonna uh, go sideways from the camera here. And if I do this, I'm breathing with my neck and I'm pushing my rib cage forward. This is another clue to your po- possible neck breather because of when you're pushing that rib cage forward, you're actually contracting more of those scalings and you're not allowing enough movement in the rib cage to expand and breathe into your back. So breathing should be 360 degrees. You should, you should feel the respiratory diaphragm contract in the front, you should feel it contract in the sides and in the back. The third way to identify this is that when you take a deep breath, does your head go forward? I'm going to play this video again, and you can notice that each time that she breathes, you get a little bit of forward movement. Her head kind of like, it's as if she's doing like a little bit of a nod, as if saying yes, and her head, that means her head is compressing, and it's being pushed forward as she breathes. So you're compressing not only the vertebrae, but you're compressing where the, the neck bones, the, the cervical spine meets the head, the occiput. And if that's compressing even more and shifting forward, then you're, you're potentially putting uh, compression on more nerves back there. And specifically uh, the vagus nerve, which is a, a nerve that helps regulate your digestion and your organs. So these are all potential things that can be happening when you're neck breathing and you're breathing incorrectly with the neck now there is when there is some degree of contraction in these muscles when you breathe properly with respiratory diaphragm depending on how much you inhale so if it's a very large inhale it's okay to have that contracting for instance it's secondary respiration because if you're exerting yourself to a high degree then those muscles help the respiratory diaphragm bring in more volume of air to be able to adjust to the the, um, <laughs> the amount that you're training at the, the how much you're expending the energy expenditure that you are doing with your body at that particular time however in a more relaxed position these muscles should not be moving they should not be moving and and most importantly, your belly should be moving and the ribcage should not be compressing when you inhale properly with the respiratory diaphragm movement, a.k.a. Uh, belly breath. So this, this is another thing that people kind of get incorrect is what, when they belly breathe, they actually compress the ribcage down, and this is incorrect as well. Okay, so the question is, how do you properly belly breathe, or how do you even get out of this pattern? I'm about to show you one exercise that you can do. And this simple exercise is something that will help you start to get out of this patterning. There's much more to this, and you can check out my membership program where I have over 100 classes in there. And you can ask questions. I can make class recommendations for you. And it's not only just properly breathing with the respiratory diaphragm, it's also strengthening the upper back and uh, being able to control your rib cage and what I call a core extension movement. So there's there's many other factors here besides properly res- proper respiratory diaphragm breathing. And you can check out my membership program, check out the show notes for links, and uh, you can get rid of this problem. The other thing is that chronic neck issues have a lot to do with improper breathing patterns. One of the things I always say is that if there's a pain pattern in the spine, it's typically a dysfunctional breathing pattern that is either the majority of the problem or a major contributor to the issue. Okay. So, what I recommend is you lie on your back, legs are bent. You can see that my legs are up on this chair. This can be a couch as long as you have as close to a 90-degree angle at your, at your hips and a 90-degree angle at your knees. This allows the upper spine to straighten out, and it allows for you to properly start getting um, more sensory control of your respiratory diaphragm. I'm placing this yoga block on my belly, and it, you might want to do a yoga block. However, you might want to do something a little bit more heavy because what you want to pay attention to is being able to move this object that's on your stomach and it's a very good way to be able to start accessing that respiratory diaphragm movement so now you lie on your back your arms are out to the side and what you do is instead of taking a deep breath you can you can do more of a like light to moderate breath and then as you breathe you're going to raise that object up with the block or I mean, in this case, the block, you can raise that object up with your belly, and then you're going to exhale and slowly release it. So a couple things here: when when you're doing that, it's okay if your chest expands a little bit. But if I if I'm holding and I'm pressing my chest and I'm pushing the block up, and there's no movement in my rib cage whatsoever, that's not good. So here's another thing that you can do. You can place one hand on your belly, one hand on your chest, and what you want to feel is as the as the belly goes up, it reaches a point where you fill about two thirds of of your volume, and then at that point, it's okay if you get a little bit of movement or one third of movement into the rib cage, because like I said before, that rib cage has to be able to open up to be able to Get that full contraction of the respiratory diaphragm, but it, it's, it, it's a, a have it think of more like a rhythm in the sense that it's two thirds in the belly, one third in the chest, if you will, and maybe not even that much, one third in the chest. So you have to be careful how much you push into the chest. The other thing is when you're at the at, when you're inhaling, don't push the chest up towards the ceiling where you feel the spine come off the floor. So as I inhale, my belly goes up. I feel, in this case, my right hand on there. And then the last third or so it goes into the chest, and I get that movement in the chest. So we're not only looking for movement in the chest where the chest is moving towards the head, but we're also looking for the sides to come out laterally as well. So as you inhale like a three to four second inhale. And then as you exhale, think about just letting go of all the air. Don't push the air out, because if you push the air out, you're potentially adding to that compression pattern in your chest. So as I push the air out, I'm just actually releasing the air slowly from the expansion. And then I release. And then I count on that release 1000 2000 all the way to 6000. So six second exhale. And this is important. If you reach that six second exhale, then you're actually accessing what's called the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and rejuvenation. fight or flight is the sympathetic nervous system. So if your body's caught in fight or flight, more than likely it is if you're a neck breather, because you're not getting enough air, you're not getting enough oxygen. And that that constant short tiny shallow breathing can put your can put your nervous system to more of a state of fight or flight and you want to get into what's the opposite of the fight or flight which is the parasympathetic and rest and renew muscles have a really hard time relaxing in a fight or flight state in fact they they can't really relax at all so you lay here for about three to five minutes and you focus on the breathing you focus on the belly two-thirds of the belly little movement in the chest and then on the exhale six second exhale you're letting go of that movement so either hands one on the belly one on the chest or you have a block or something that is decently heavy on your stomach one more thing for you to troubleshoot and if you're having a really hard time accessing that try exhaling first and then letting go of that exhale Letting your belly rise off the exhale. Sometimes it's easier to engage respiratory diaphragm movement off of an exhale rather than trying to fill up a big amount and then exhaling and fill up again. So you can start the start the movement pattern with an exhale, and then you relax the exhale and then you inhale and you'll feel the respiratory diaphragm contract and your and your belly move. All right, that's today's podcast. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes for the membership program integrator and a bunch of other things I have on my website for, to help you get out of these pain patterns. Let me know if you have any questions in the comments, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for joining me for this episode. If you liked it, please subscribe and leave a positive review so others may find it and get help too. Check out the show notes for links on how to win a mini integrator massage gun, posture, strength, and mobility classes that focus on corrective exercises, or self-myofascial release protocols for neck pain, back pain, knee pain, plantar fasciitis, and much more with my massage gun, The Integrator. Until next time, keep exploring your body and stay curious.